Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. All right, we're back in the stew with Josh Montgomery. What's up, Josh? Not much. Uh, it's a different setup as it is. It, it is. It's <laughs> very, I think the last episode I listened to, I can't remember who it was. They were said the same thing like, "Oh, it's it's always different it when you come in here. <laughs> it's always different like, when I come in here. Bright lights. There's cameras now. I'm feeling a little self conscious. I think there's a teleprompter there. Speak like, straight into the yeah, camera. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Garth in Wayne's World. I was like, just yeah. <laughs> watching that. Hi, I'm in Delaware. Yeah, <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> nah. Oh man. Well, we, uh, we've been trying to do this episode for a minute. I, uh, I've done a couple of these so far where mm-hmm. we've kind of like, I don't know, like an overview, like look at a label mm-hmm. and just kind of talking about the history of it a little bit and then some of our favorite albums. But you'd pitched a, the idea to do the Vagrant one, mm-hmm. I mean, like in uh, December, is that when we it talked about like it? It was like right before <laughs> Christmas. I was going through my notes and like, I created the note of all the bands. Oh, right. Like just, yeah, like three days before Christmas. <laughs> I was like, damn, it's been that long. Jeez. I mean, things things come up. Things happen. Yeah. You know, busy. But, you know, here we are. We're finally we're getting finally. done. And that's why I was like, no, nope, we're doing it tonight. We're yeah. doing it. <laughs> it's in. It's done. It's good. I'm, you know, other times I was out of town or whatever, and we, we made it work. Yeah, no, that's the way she goes, man. Coordinating. It's like having friends as an adult. It's just coordinating your schedules until you die. Like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find time to actually do anything. Yeah, and then if like if it being in a relationship, being married, it's like trying to coordinate your friendship stuff with your yeah. your fam- your wife stuff. So it's like, hey, what are we doing in on July seventeenth? Yeah. <laughs> Don't plan anything. Don't that plan day. anything <laughs> that day. But I got something on the eighth. Well, then it's going to be an overnight. Yeah, we're going to be in and out. Like, <laughs> it's so nuts. Yeah. Oh yeah, we know how that goes for sure, man. Uh, so Vagrant was one, um, you know, jumping into it, I wanted to talk to you about, like, your experience with the label. Sure. I wasn't super, like, at the time when, like, these albums were coming out and stuff, I wasn't super mm-hmm. thinking about, um, like, record labels and stuff. But I know we've talked before about some of the samplers and stuff like that. That was the big one. I think Another Year on the Streets was, like, I mean, every label had their big one. Drive Through had their big one. Uh Samplers were huge, especially for these uh, small labels that were around late '90s, early 2000s. If you you had to put out a sampler, right? But that's how everyone found out about other bands. Like, if it wasn't for Another Year on the Streets, I wouldn't have heard of uh, you know Kofax or like honestly, uh, uh, not Alkaline Cheer, but like Reggie and the Full Effect and all this stuff. Like, oh, that sounds like Get Up Kids. Like, oh, it's they're the same. Like, yeah. like, oh, it's the same. It's the same band basically, right. but. Yeah, like, oh, shit. But, yeah, you know, you get, like, 20-something songs on a CD. That was rad. Normally for, like, 3 or $4 or whatever. Right. But, yeah, that's that was the, that was the, that was my end. I didn't really know a whole lot about Vagrant except for, uh, you know, probably Get Up Kids was probably the first thing I heard. It was something to write home about and, you know, Alkaline Trio. I just, I really dug, I, I, I felt like for every, each label had its own, own sound you know like not every band sounded the same but you knew if it was on that label you'd yeah. like it like if you if it was on drive through you're gonna buy it it may not be all the way up your alley but there's at least gonna be two songs on that cd that you'll 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 dig right you know 
No, yeah, there's definitely like that feel, and yeah, honestly, Vagrant kind of has a wide gamut that the like different stuff that they have, very wide. And I think Vagrant might have been what kind of stretched my 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 taste a little bit from just being straight up like punk rock to like you know maybe more melodic or more musical things. Like I said, like Kofax is like kind of Brit poppy almost. Yeah, you know, yeah. The write up yeah. on it, like just a little bit of the history. It was founded in 95. Mm-hmm. It said the label focuses on rock, but it features artists in a variety of other genres, including folk, folk soul, electronic, and pop, mm-hmm. which is very, I mean, that's pretty spot on. Like, yeah. And talking about, like, you know, we get into talking about some of the albums here in a minute. Mm-hmm. I know that me and you have crossover on certain things, but I'm oh, like, yeah. man, like, our age difference and then also kind of, like, our sensibilities of, like, what we like. I was right. like, this is going to be interesting to see what albums we've, like, kind of like tabbed as like this is the one out oh yeah yeah for sure but i'm i'm also interested because you are a younger lad to know i kind of i kind of dipped out uh uh, all my stuff goes up to a certain year and then after that i kind of didn't not that i like gave up on the label or anything it's like they it started it's they started putting out like with everything you get older your tastes change or like the labels start experimenting a little yeah. more, and you're like, eh, that's not really." You can no longer just buy it based off of the label. You kind of sure. gotta give me that sampler, yeah. You know? <laughs> so I can chat. Let me let me comb through these. Well, yeah, I know that you probably have some stuff that I don't have, but like I have stuff as recent as like 2013. I think is the most yeah. recent one. And so. I, I would be interested to hear these bands and uh, and see what it's because they're probably newer bands. I mean, uh, there's bands that have still been on that label for from yeah. the jump. So yeah, that's like yeah. a cool thing. So there's some like legacy bands on there and stuff. And then you know, of course, uh, anybody else that's listened to any of the ep- other episodes we've done for the uh, labels, will of course uh, mean you'll put together a playlist based on like the albums and bands that we talk about to accompany this episode on Spotify. Sick. So you guys be sure to check that out uh, when this episode comes out. Um, but yeah, man, uh, other than that, we could just jump right in talk, start talking about some of these albums that we've kind of like, uh, you know, um, honed in on as far as like sure. ones that we really liked. Uh, sure. But why don't you kick it off? Oh, man. Okay, so, I mean, I have to just because they were my favorite band for – a long time. I mean, I have them on my body tattooed. Uh, it's going to be Alkaline Trio. And I had a hard time picking one specific record. I originally had From Here to Infirmary. And then today I was like, that's not it. That's not the one. Why do I keep lying to myself? <laughs> it, from Here to Infirmary is the one that you say. That's it, the one that everyone's like, yeah. It's a great one. It's yeah. a, I would say, a flawless record. And it's a great introduction to the band. However, for me, I think it's 2003's Good Morning. Good Morning is... To me, I think their best record. Uh, again, it came out in 03, so I'm like 20. I'm fresh 21. I think when it came out, I wasn't even 21 yet. But I was living in an apartment with my buddies, and we were so fucking pumped for this record to come out. <laughs> we got our, our, One of our buddies got it first, and we get in his car, put the CD in and thing. We're just driving around. It's like, holy shit. Oh, like each track, our mind's being blown by this record. And uh, it's it's got... a. It's pretty macabre, pretty dark. I mean, it's an Alkaline Trio record. But uh, the production of it, I was just, I was floored by the production quality and the fact that at the time, Matt Skiba uh, had a vocal polyps, or something like that. Wow. So that's why his voice sounds way different on that record than it does anything I else. Not, I didn't realize that. It was Australian because he <laughs> couldn't sing. So he was, but that's probably why it's my favorite record because it sounds so unique but also kind of authentic to the 
the vibe of that record because yeah. it's you know a lot of you know about death and you know really dark shit in the in I think his vocals kind of make that come to life a little bit. It's it, it feels like he's telling you stories, you know, like you're hearing someone describe a, a like a play or something, you know. It, it's kind of, it's cool. No, yeah, and it, uh, looking up some of the production notes uh, produced by Jerry Finn. Oh yeah. So Blink One Eighty Two of Blink One Eighty Two fame. I mean Jerry Finn's done a ton of stuff, so it definitely goes along with that vibe. And I mean anybody that knows you knows you're a big Blink guy too. So big it's Blink like, guy. Those two do tie together. And around that time, uh, I believe it was yeah it was right before the new Blink record came out too. Actually, that came out before the new Blink record. Two thousand three. Yeah, oh yeah, three. Uh, I think they came out November. Day, November or in, sorry, May is when it came out. And May the Blink one came out later that year. But man, that's a that's a time where like <laughs> time seemed to to move slower then. I'm not really maybe just because I'm <laughs> old now, but like I when I, I was looking up you know all the stuff about this 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 uh for this episode and these records, and I'm like I could have swore these came out like three years <laughs> apart, but no, it was all the same year. But like yeah, from like beginning of 2003 to the end of 2003, I felt like I was like eight different people. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Different girlfriends, different living arrangements, like wild. Yeah, probably different jobs too. The, oh, the yeah. job app kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I went from working <laughs> at the music store to working at Hobby Lobby Warehouse. In wow. Spain. And two totally, you couldn't ask for two totally different jobs. Right, yeah. It's Polar weird. opposites. Yeah. Man, Alkaline Tree, I knew that would, I mean, I was pretty sure I was going to be on your list yeah. for sure. But Especially again, with with the label, I was like, okay, this just makes sense because I yeah. know those are your guys. For but sure. it's, it's hard to pick one. I mean, I love all of their stuff. But again, for me, I feel like uh, all of my favorite bands, like my top five is Alkaline Trio, Green Day, Blink-182. Uh, let's say it's my top three. All three of those guys, at some point, I stop. I can't. I still love them. I'll go. To, I'll go see them live. But after certain records, I'm just like, ah, uh, it's it's not for me anymore, yeah. and that's fine. You love a good, you love a good uh, trio for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh. MXPX, another one, and I love those guys. But it gets to a point where like, yeah, it's not really for me. But I, I'm still supporting it. I'm still there. Uh, and I think maybe it was because I got into all those bands in formative years, like teens to early twenties. Yeah. So they mean something for that part of you know growing up and kind of figuring out who you are and those songs will stick with you forever. You know, I also listen to a bunch of other, I was listening to Eve six. So I'm, I'm not like oh, yeah. getting that tattooed on me, you know, but <laughs> there's, there's certain things that just stick with you. And I think it's those, sure. There's something about a power trio, man. I mean, the police, mm-hmm. you know, rush trios, dude. That's it. It's all That's your thing. Trio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like the, um, I mean, the formative thing is definitely true. Uh, we shoot, um, those uh, hard times articles back and forth a mm-hmm. lot. Those All headlines, the time. yeah. And uh, one that I saw that w- it was like, uh, man thinks that um, the best music era was when he was uh, fourteen <laughs> to seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, dude, that's so yeah, true. That's spot on. But that, it, but it's not. It's for everybody. Yeah, I think like, once you get like once you get past that age, you're like, nah, this the music was probably the best this time. They don't make it like this anymore. But it's so weird to hear someone like, you know, around your age or like to hear someone like 25 like at a bar or something being like, "Man, they just don't make music like they did in in, in 2010." Like you're like the fuck? The fuck dude, 2010? <laughs> you're talking like pumped up kicks like that kind of stuff? <laughs> that's that's your uh that's your uh I don't know, your uh, uh formative 
Yeah, like that's your Aerosmith, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> nah, dude. It was the best. It's not it, man. <laughs> okay, um, that's funny. Man. What was your what's your first one? Okay, I wanted to kick one off. This was one I just have a specific memory tied to this. Mm-hmm. So, um and some of mine I'll preface like it's interesting doing the label thing because on some of these it's like the label was like the American affiliate to to mm-hmm. share this. Sure. Um that doesn't apply specifically to this one, but I just did want to say that. It's like interesting to look at like, oh wow, I didn't even know Vagrant put that out. Hmm. Um so there was a couple of those that I really liked that we'll get into later. But the first one I wanted to talk about was uh Sound the Alarm Saves the Day. Uh-huh. Um that's like a funny moment in time for me because kind of like what you're talking about with the samplers. Um, that was one that a friend of mine, I mean, this is like, it's a funny way that you start learning about music uh, other than how it is now. Now it's like Discover Weekly, Spotify, all that. At this time, it was like a buddy of mine, just like straight up word of mouth was like, check these guys out. And that was like one of the big ways I found music back then was through that. And then I would also like when I got albums, I would like read the notes and like the booklet and be yeah. like, see if they talked about bands. Like, oh, who do they talk about? Yeah, the, the thanks or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so they would thank bands that they went on tour or with. So, or someone, like, appeared on the song. Like, so-and-so yeah. played guitar on this. Like, who's that person? Yeah. What band were they from? Exactly. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, let me check them out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was, like, a product of, like, the MySpace era. And so I remember specifically uh, Head for the Hills. <laughs> it was, like, my favorite song on this on this record. And it was I made it my MySpace profile song. Hell yeah, so you did. I was like, hell yeah, you know, this is awesome, man. Yeah. Like when I was like into a band, like when I found one freshly like that, I'd mm-hmm. be like, I fuck with this heavy. How okay? How old were you when Sound the Alarm came out? That was oh, what year was that? Let me double check. That might have been two thousand five. See, it? Saves Today's one of those bands. Like after a couple of records, I kind of stopped. I kind of fell out. I still loved them. Just I didn't. I wasn't. You know. Buying the record the day it came out. I'd wait for like a go check out their music on MySpace or something, you yeah. know, or have someone like burn me a CD <laughs> or hey, me pick up. Do you make me like this? Is two thousand six? Two thousand six. Okay. So if I'm doing the math, in two thousand one, I was ten. That's so fun. So add five. <laughs> so I was fifteen when that came out. Perfect time though. That's that's oh that, shit. That's, that's that in perfect the, age it's like in the bread 15. basket. Yeah, it's right in the the heart of the bread basket. Or saves yeah. the day, brother. Yeah. Like at that age. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that's peak like angst. <laughs> Absolutely. Sound the alarm. It, it. I think that was kind of their return to form, or you know, they were kind of going back that way. They did, you know, in Reverie, which was yeah. their kind of Beatles record. I mean, yeah, it's fifth album. It's the, by this point, it's the fifth album. Yeah. And so yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see like any other facts so that maybe I didn't <coughs> mention about that, but um, it was produced by Steve Evitz, who did uh, I think he did Page Avenue Story of the Year. Oh, nice! Um, so kind of that vibe, but I think that was the record where they their lineup was like officially changed. I think almost everyone was out of the band by that point. I was or, like, or the, close to the it. Change up. Yeah, well, that car happened. Well, that that happened way before, but yeah, the drummer left, and man, I can't remember. They had a pretty pretty big, significant lineup change. I think I saw them that year, though, at Kane's Ballroom. I'm pretty sure. Wow, that'd be sick to see them. I've only seen them twice, and that was a good one. But that's when he started playing. Yep, that's when the lineup was switching because he was playing guitar at that point. I remember being like, "What the fuck is he doing?" Like. (laughs) 
What is this? He's filling a need that's now all of a sudden been made. I get it. He always did. He wrote all the songs. He, you know, there's so many. You can find YouTube videos of him, like, when they were touring for uh, 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 Through Being Cool. He's, like, playing acoustic guitar, like, in the alley behind the venue and stuff. Like, yeah, he, he wrote the songs. He plays guitar. But I don't know. For my mind, it's either a trio or I need a five-piece with just a singer, you know? A guy just up there doing there's it. A- <laughs> There's a lot of those, too. I mean, that's kind of one of those that's, um, there's bands where it's like, there's one main piece, mm-hmm. and kind of the band moves around that one person. Right. That, I mean, that I could basically go watch and not be bummed that it's not the original band. Like, if, if yeah. Jack's Mannequin came through or something that's Andrew McMahon, I'm well, like, here's it could be thing. any other band with Andrew McMahon, and I'm like, I'm going to go watch. Well, Dashboard Confessional and yeah. Andrew McMahon are coming. And that was one of the things I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Solo stuff. I'm like, well, no. <laughs> Can you name one other member of the original Dashboard Confessional lineup? I couldn't. No. No, I couldn't either. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't name you another member of the Ataris besides Chris Rowe. No, yeah. But he so it doesn't really matter who's coming to play with him. Right. But again, when you have a trio and someone leaves the band, it's quite you, noticeable. You feel it more. You yeah. feel it a lot more. Yeah. Again, all those bands I listed have had Either lineup changes, or they add someone to the fold. You know, uh, Blink-182 infamously yeah. got Matt Skiba, which should have been a good call. And my on paper? On paper. That's genius. Dude, I was stoked. I was so like, fuck, dude, I, it's like I had dreamed, literal that, dreams about this. Yeah, when that's I was, like, like a fantasy, like, like dude, this dude. would never happen, but it would be cool. Yes. Oh, he's going to bring, he's going to make it so much darker and so much cooler. <laughs> and then they put out California. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. okay. That should have been, it should have been it, it lo- was, more love than what it was. It was fine. Yeah. And they put out nine. I'm like, oh, never mind. Never mind. And <laughs> I'm, I'm very upset, but I'm not going to let, I'm not going to. It is a bummer because yeah, like on paper, you're like, this is fucking tight. It should, a, yeah. Two bands I like. It should be amazing. Swapping like this is tight. Yeah. But okay. I'll say like Velvet Revolver. Yeah. The super group type of thing. And it was great. Audio I remember, Slave. I remember when Velvet Revolver came out. I was, uh, was like, ugh, it's a butt rock. It's going to sound so terrible. <laughs> and then, you know, I've gone back and re-listened to it. I'm like, this shit actually slaps pretty well, the, hard. Yeah. Slither was their big uh, yeah. single. Fall to pieces. Like, it's sexy. It's yeah. like, it's like STP, but STP was like real riffy. Like, yeah. all the guitar riffs were kind of intricate and strange, and that was kind of what made them cool. But Velvet Revolver just like, nah, dude, we're just going to write straight up rock riffs and... <laughs> Every song's about fucking. You music, music you can fuck to. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Yeah, but at that time when it came out, I was such a nose up in the air, like, hmm, butt rock. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> but I was Elite, secretly. Elitist. But I secretly liked that Buck Cherry song. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, there was like a, definitely an area when that was Audio Slaves, the other one that's. Oh, yeah. The super group, quote unquote. Yeah. Again, that, on paper. Yeah. And and they did have some cool stuff. They did have some cool songs, yeah. Yeah. Oh. But it is interesting. I mean, there's obviously there's like you could tell what the talent is in a band because if they go on to start another thing and then that thing is also successful, you're like, Okay, well they have something. You got Well clearly Tom DeLong with Angels and Airways or Yeah. Uh, Mark Hopp is plus forty four, like But that was another time. Uh I went I went the way of Angels and Airways. Same. Yeah. Or Boxcar Racer is the other Ooh. 
um, Tom heard, DeLong outfit. Heard a rumor about that. Heard heard they're going to do another boxcar race or at least a record. What? Yeah, Tom and uh, Travis have both like tweeted about it or something. Huh. I guess like kind of hinting at doing another boxcar race or thing, which I fuck with. It. Could be cool. I never got to see it. Me neither. Would have loved to. Yeah, that was a banger. An O two banger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Right before the right. Yeah. Right before the Untitled. Yeah. Yeah, sound the alarm to go. Okay, I'd I'd look it up to remember what the album looked like. I was like oh, the that's red, the, the red. one, and then yeah. the one after that was blue, right? Was I think so. Under the boards, that's where it got back to rocking. That sounds like such a dud. <laughs> or the um, daybreak. I can't remember. I don't know. There's so many. They put yeah, out they, so they many. Say they put out some albums. I didn't even really until I was like looking at it for this. I was like, man, I didn't realize they put out so many damn albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your next one? Um, I don't really have anything in particular order. I just kind of kind of put some down. I, yeah, that's what I did. Okay, again, mine is going to really show my age because again, like I said, it <laughs> cuts off. I'm going to say it cuts off before it gets to like, it's all aughts. Right. It's Reggie and the Full Effect promo copy in 2000. That album, I like Greatest Hits, but technically it wasn't on Vigor and it was on another independent ra- label. You've listened to Reggie and the Full Effect, mm-hmm. correct? So it's the uh, I get, uh, side project of James DeWeese. Who uh, can't uh, talk about James DeWeese. <laughs> cancel. Get cancel. <laughs> Me too. So he was the synth player in Get Up Kids and had all these songs and wrote and recorded them with basically the band with him singing it. And it was a little more goofy, a lot more pop punk kind of a sound to it. With metal, like, because he, you know, he was in Coalesce, so it had that kind of a lot of it had, and he had like skits, sketches, and different like personas. Uh, I I really I thought it's such a fun record and such a fun concept to do, to like not be serious about it, just make something for fun. Like every single song sounded like it was a fun as shit to record, and then you know when they went on tour, I think the first tour the. Get Up Kids guys backed him up, but then he got like this, just dudes from other like bands that he liked, you know, some dudes from Coalesce and like all the other metal bands. And it was just a fun fucking time. You'd do like costume changes and shit and like made it a show. That's but he played these tiny little clubs. I saw him in Dallas not too long ago and it was still, it was fun ass time. There's something about just goofy shit that doesn't take itself too seriously that will always put a smile on my face. I love it. Like sometimes sometimes you want to get emo and sad and look out a window when it's raining and put on <laughs> something, you know? But I'm some, sad. I'm sad. Uh, it's sad outside, so I'm yeah. going to be sad inside. But Regging the Full Effect to me is like quintessential put it on the radio when it's sunny outside with your friends in the car and you're singing along and you do harmonies. Because that's the thing with that record too. There's so many like tight harmonies, vocal harmonies. Do you do that with your friends? You do like oh, yeah. vocal harmonies and who's going to who's gonna tag which one? Yeah. Who's going to do what? You don't know until you get there and then you're yeah. like, oh! Well, like, I think, what was it? Was it a tweet or something? Maybe it was a Hard Times article. It was, uh, it was about Taking Back Sunday, singing Taking Back Sunday in the car. Like, uh, passenger, passenger is sorely mistaken when she thinks that she's taking the lead <laughs> on Taking Back Sunday. Like, <laughs> you don't get that harmony. Yeah, that's the driver know, territory. That's mine. <laughs> that is mine. What, was, uh, what were maybe one or two of the tracks on that one that you're like, were like your well, go-to? Well, see, I always confuse those two because... For me, greatest hits was kind of the had had more of the sing-alongs, but man, promo copy had like "Congratulations, Mac and Katie" on it. 
if I'm not mistaken, let me pull it up real quick. Make sure I'm not talking turn out of school here. I know. I always try to make sure I'm like, let me sure make sure okay. I know what the fuck I'm talking about here. Yeah, for me, it's like for me to you is like a classic, but it had um, Megan TK boot to the moon. Thanks for staying is the one that was like me and Robbie's like when we're driving in the car, going to the mall or going to a music store or something back in the day. It was always doing harmonies on Thanks for Staying. Uh, yeah, yeah, Dwarf Invasion, which may not be, you probably can't sing that anymore. But yeah, the uh, year 2000, I just graduated high school, you know, and it was like kind of like definitely in my wheelhouse because we were way into get up kids and that kind of stuff. So it was just di- it was different enough to be like, oh, we can do this kind of stuff. We don't have to have a, you know, we don't have to be good. We can just <laughs> just have fun. Just play four chords. Yeah. Get somebody to go weedle 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 on a synthesizer. <laughs> you know what I mean? That is, that's what Vega reminds me of is the synthesizer, the just a weedle weedle weedle. Korg. Yeah, uh, yeah, a <laughs> uh, 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 Moog. Yeah. And then like doing like it's a like a filter, like a yurt, like that. Every song on any of the records had to have a little filter. The attack. Yeah, yeah the attack. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, Reggie and the Full Up and a full effect promo copy. It's a good one. We'll have to throw some of those on the some of those tracks oh, yeah. on the playlist for sure. We'll do. Okay, what do I got here? Okay. Uh my next one is uh I was kind of torn between two, but I went went ahead and went with the one that I liked a lot better. It's kinda like you with um with uh Alkaline Tree. Yeah. You're like, which one do I pick? But I went ahead and picked um two thousand four's Let It Unfold You since his fail. Yeah, um, I don't know how in this census fail you are, but like that was. One, I was into that record. Yeah, that sure. was a great record. The the next record, still searching after, is good. Mm-hmm. Um, has like can't be saved and shit like that on it. Also on Vagrant. Um, but that one, I mean, this was like my intro to census fail. So it's like rum is for drinking, not burning. Yes. Um, that was the big track on that one. Like just some straight up like crazy like pirate song yeah like what the fuck that that record came out i was living in dallas at the time with a buddy of mine and he and i were starting we're gonna we're trying to start a band down there and we were writing a bunch of songs and the two records that we were we were listening to this one let it unfold you a lot (laughs) a lot a lot a lot and then the other one was um Oh, what was the one that he was super into? I think it was like a Thrice record or something. Oh, Thrice was Thrice did a had some releases on and we were Vagrant too. Yeah, we were like those two were like, yep, this is it. It's like heavy but poppy at the same time. Yeah, chicks dig it. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, like a lady in a blue dress. Like that's yeah, like that's, that's a, a bop. Yeah, that one. Black to break skin was a one that I really liked. Mm-hmm. They they did they did that thing of like the um uh the real fast uh like tremolo pick mm-hmm. riff thing. Mm-hmm. So like they would do like the one strum bum on the um rhythm, mm-hmm. but then the lead part would be like but da 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 like just yeah. really fast picking on like oh, the yeah. riff, but it would like it was just like a, an interesting way that they would kind of put the guitar work together on uh, some of their songs on that album specifically mm-hmm. that I thought was cool. I just like the tone, like they get that saturated the guitar with like heavy and loud but it like it it was like saturated it's it felt i don't know i don't know how to describe it buttery very buttery but you know 2004 was prime like i don't want to call it scene core but that you know what i mean <laughs> no like, yeah you're right a lot of bands sounded like that you know the swoop hair the girl jeans the 
spinning your microphone. Yeah. I mean, so you got Silverstein, shit like yeah. that, all around but at the same time. Loved all of it. Yeah, like that. It was so weird that that, and it was only like a, a year or two that tops that 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 window that window of time where it was yeah. every but in every local band sounded like that. There wasn't a local band that didn't sound like that. Mm. The the belt on the side. Uh, of belt the on the side, dude. Uh, the white belt on the side. <laughs> uh, the white belt. Ah, uh, yeah. Lip piercings. People started gauging their ears real big. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, that was a, around that first. Around that time is when I f- saw someone with real big gauges mm-hmm. for the first time, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Spin the people. When I mean, you'd spin your guitar, yeah. throw your guitar around. Oh, dude. People didn't know that you had to have, like, strap locks. So yeah. they would, like, you would just see someone throw their guitar across the stage. Saw it a bunch of times. <laughs> a bunch of them like, ooh, oops. They should, strap locks, they should make an ad. It's a compilation of people throwing their yes. guitars. Yes. Oh, dude, that's a genius idea. <laughs> Dunlop, get on that. Yeah. <laughs> that's genius. Oh, man. Is but, it, yeah, I uh, I really like that album. And I like the, uh, the next album, too, that uh, Still Searching. Um, that came out oh six. Um, that had some cool albums, also on Vagrant. Um, what else? What did that have on it? Uh, Can't be saved. Calling all cars was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some cool ones on that. Uh, but yeah, man, that one was definitely a big one for me, and also it was like a peak like MySpace era as well. For oh, me. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I'm sure, I guarantee the lyrics to the it, any of the songs on that record were someone's quote. Yeah, was played on their their profile. <laughs> You know, or I, yeah. there was a guarantee there's a MySpace skin that was oh, that album sure. cover or something. For sure. I didn't realize they put out so much stuff, man. I kind of, like, after still searching, I was I, like, okay. No, that's, I'm the same way with Sins Veil. They, they just toured, like, a new album not that long ago. They hear at Tower. Yeah, and, and I, I was going to come check them out. But they're playing again at Criterion. Oh, really? With Rise yeah. Against and yeah. someone else. Uh, it's a pretty good show, it actually. It is. It's Census Fell, Rise Against, and The Used. The Used, yeah. That I'm like, dope. I gotta check that out, probably. I hate that venue, but I, I kind of think I have to go for that. I have accidentally gone to the place in the venue that has the best sound mm-hmm. both times that I've gone. Okay. You found the pocket. <laughs> I didn't realize that, but someone was talking about it recently. Of Like, if you stand in this area at the Criterion, it sounds pretty good. Yeah. And I've just happened to have gone to that place twice. I've only been to Criterion twice for shows. Yeah. And both times I was there, and both times I was like, sounds pretty good. I don't I've know been, what people are getting belly about. I've been about. four times, and every time I've tried to go to a different spot, I'm like, it sounds like shit. And everyone gives me that, like, old local man hates everything. Like, don't, I want, <laughs> I, they have good shows. I would love to, I would they love do. to like it. I would lo- I would love for it to sound good. And then recently, someone made a post about why did it always sound shitty? And then the, th- all the comments. That like, must have been you talking you. about it. I think yeah. you commented on someone's yeah, like, like, "I'm not alone. Yeah. I'm not crazy." No, I've heard a lot of people say yeah. that, but I just have like stumbled into this area on accident. Nice. That was like, you should next time you're there, you should ping it and be like, "This is the yeah, sweet spot." Let me drop a pin <laughs> drop for Josh. Like, <laughs> sweet spot right here. <laughs> like pushing kids away. Like, no, yeah. I'm standing here. I saw Death Cab there. And it sounded great. Mm-hmm. I saw Jimmy World dashboard there. They sounded great. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. It's like that thing of like, everyone's saying this sucks, but like, how is this? This sounds pretty good to me. Like, am I in the same spot? You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm saying like, am I sure make, convincing myself it sounds good, but it sounds like ass? I've heard, what? I've heard a lot of excuses from people like, <laughs> well, maybe it's their touring sound guy that makes it sound well. For every show? Every man though, dude. Come on now. Yeah, They're no paying way. those dudes a pretty penny. They're not fucking it up it's not just some guy off the street i saw deftone deftone sounded they were the most decent sounding and my my thought process was well they're loud well yeah it's kind of hard and you know what i mean if you're just like 
screaming it that's fine you're gonna be able to hear it yeah but when i hear death cab i want to be able to that's the thing when i saw death cab i could not hear his vocals for shit really like, no, i couldn't, couldn't hear it him. at all um well it's not wasn't this last time they played there but the time before like a year or at so criteria? yeah huh. and it was it was kind of weak but you know whatever. strange but I'll go to this Fuck punk rock it. show. And Fuck it. Yeah, I want to go to that one for sure. That'd be good. All right, what's your next one? My next one is Saves the Day. Oh, you got a Saves the Day? I did a Saves the Day, but I went with the safe bet, Stay What You Are. Oh, okay, cool. Again, that's one of those like, I can I can do Through Being Cool. Which I was, thought you were going to say Through Being well, Cool. That was, <laughs> through Being Cool was my introduction to the band um, through Robbie Ray Harris. Shout out to Robbie Shout Ray. To he Robbie. Got, he's like... That that friend thing is like, dude, it's like me, him, and a buddy of mine. He's like, dude, you've got to hear this yeah. band. That sounds like, exactly you'd say. It's I'm like, how yeah. you would phrase it and everything. He's like, <laughs> they're on Vagrant. They're called, they're saves the day. They're dope. And he put it. I think he put the CD on in his truck. And we're like, dude, this shit is fucking great. <laughs> this goes. And it, obviously, you're like, I want the band to sound like this. Like immediately, I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, let's start writing this kind of stuff. But if I was just blown away by the musicianship and the fact that they were like teenagers uh, when that first record, or was it, I guess second record, Can't Slow Down, first one, banger, uh, even though they really tried to sound like Lifetime on it. But uh, which one am I doing here? Stay Where You Are. <laughs> you so, get them all mixed up. I know, there's so many. <laughs> so the Stay Where You Are was their like commercial breakthrough. I mean, uh, At Your Funeral was like yeah. everywhere on like MTV2. What year was that one? 2001. Okay. So again, like right after high school. Uh, yeah, they blow up. They kind of change their style a little bit. They're growing a little bit. They're they're figuring out who they are as musicians and songwriters. And some people call that their Beatles record, but I don't think so. I think it still has enough of their, you know, punk rock sensibilities in it to still be a kind of a more of a punk rock saves the day record. The one after is where it gets a little... But man, there's some songs on that like Cars and Calories where it's just super poppy and sounds kind of Beatlesy. But then you got like um Oh damn it, what song am I thinking of? My old brain isn't working here. The uh uh Freak or As Your Ghost Takes Flight? No, it's the uh What's the other one on here? Certain Tragedy. Jukebox breakdown? No, that's a good one too. Damn it. Brain. Too many good records. I know songs too, on too, that many, too many good songs on the record. <laughs> but it's the uh I wish I had a hammer and two rusty spikes to nail you on a wall. Dude, that's like so fucking angry, but it's in a song that's so fucking like kind of upbeat that it's like well, I can't really, you know? Which one is it? Which is it? It's not always in me. It probably think it is. Was it not as your ghost takes? Work? It might be as your ghost. That's okay. it. That's it. I mean, all these though. This whole there's not a skippable track on this as I'm looking at it right now. Freakish was another single off of it. Jukebox breakdown was great. Firefly is great. I mean, there's so many good things. They didn't really get too like riffy on it. They just you know wrote these like great pop tracks that really took them to another level band wise i don't think if it wasn't for this record i don't think they would still be doing it you know what i mean maybe on a very smaller scale but no it was the first i mean at your funeral was the big um yeah. the big song that they had that charted mm -hmm. 
and it was right after their car accident where their <laughs> guitar player lost his front teeth. And uh, I think Chris Conley had to have some like facial surgery too. Looked a little shiny in that video. But yeah, that that <laughs> when they were doing a, you know, they're promoting that album, they were on like every fucking talk show doing At Your Funeral. And yeah, I, I really dig that record. It took a while for it to, it grew on me. And it wasn't until I was like, got older that I can go back and appreciate it like fully. There were some songs on it that I used to like really dig. Also, it came in like that Digipack, you know? That was my first album I ever got that was like Digi, like cardboard Digipack. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> I liked the artwork. It was like that, uh, it was kind of getting big around that time, that um, sepia toned, like, let's all wear like pearl snaps and like bell bottomy jeans. Like in a field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's just wear some bracelets. You know, let's shop at Hollister, man. You know? it. <laughs> but that's the problem, too. Around that era, around 01, is when bro culture started taking over a lot of the music that I liked. Yeah. Uh, I had some girlfriends who shopped at Hollister and they had that. Did you ever shop at Hollister? No. You go in and by the register, there's this big ass like wall touchscreen jukebox and you can play songs on it. That's tight. And it's like, you look at it, it's like, it's Newfound Glory. It's uh something corporate. It's Alkaline Trio. It saves their name. Like, Damn, I fucks <sighs> with that actually. And I'm like, these bros are listening to my shit. <laughs> You're making my music whack. I know, right? <laughs> Don't, do not whack it up. Yeah, I met a bro once at a bar. I was wearing an Alkaline Trio t-shirt. She's like, dude, I fuck love Alkaline Trio. I'm like, uh, You're like, you do? <laughs> do I hate them now? Do I have to hate them now? Bros love like Alkaline Trio. wearing a flat bill hat and a dude. tap out shirt. Dude. No, it's more like the uh, the frayed brim hat with the foot fish hook on it. That kind oh, of a bro. Oh, my God. The Jesus bro. Okay. I've, I'm familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that record, man. That's a good one. I think that one of their best, if not... Their best, in my opinion. Because it's the one you could play all the way through and not skip anything. After that record, I don't think you can say that for their stuff. Yeah. No, it's definitely like a... I mean, it's kind of like with Census Fail. Mm-hmm. A little bit. It's like with them, you definitely you have like the clear defined like cutoff of like, eh, anything kind of after that. I'm like, mm-hmm. that is not necessarily like you don't fuck with them after that, but it's like there's a shift. Yeah, there's a shift. There's some songs. Mad, there's some songs. Let me go. Let me pull up their discography real quick, and I'll tell you where I kind of dropped off. So you got "Cancel Down," "Banger," blah blah blah. So your "In Reverie" was the Beatles one. Didn't dig that. Uh, "Sound the Alarm" was getting a kind of trying to go back under the boards. They just started rocking again, and the "Daybreak" kind of lost it for me. But that one that came out in 2013 with the grapefruit on the album cover, that one rocked. But his he his started singing higher. You know, that, like, falsetto sing? And it took so me out of it. Yeah, it's different. And so when he does old songs, he still sings like that. And I, I don't know. It, it, it sounds like a cover band. Like oh, when I see them play like old stuff, I'm like, I, I know it's you, but it doesn't sound How interesting. like you. It's and they like don't use the same like kind different. of, like, yeah, they don't use the same kind of, like, overdrive that they used to. So it's, it sounds a little softer. And I get it. You get older, you change the way you sound. Yeah, I mean, right. Green Day doesn't yeah. sound the you same. You play the song so yeah. much that you're like, I got to change this I got to change this up or I'm going to fucking yeah. jump off a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> Saves the day, stay what you are. That was my third pick. Okay, what do I got? Okay, I really like this album. It was 2008's Bring Me Your Love, City in Color. This was one of the ones that 
they had a they they had the release through Vagrant uh, City and Colors from Canada. Uh huh. And it was one of those things where it was like the I don't know if it was like a distribution deal or what, but like uh, that was like the U.S. Um, backing was on Vagrant. I I remember hearing that band's name a yeah. lot. Yeah, it was Alexis on Fire, the lead guy. Okay, the guy that was he the the, the clean vocals. Okay, and he did um, a he did a it's his uh, side project acoustic. It, well, his name's Dallas Green. That's why it's City and Color. Oh, uh-huh. it's like like the city and like the color. Like it's um, the Thinker. It's yeah, like, <laughs> but uh, it was like one of those things. He like. I watched an interview where he was talking about he felt like it was pretentious to go just by his name. So mm-hmm. he was like, it's a way yeah. to go by my name without actually being my name, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, and, it, and it's like, especially for that era, that name just, it fits. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So many of those. Definitely. Anthony Green. Yeah. Like it's kind of all in the same vein. Well, C- City and Color sounds like it'd be a band that would go on tour with like Rilo Kylie or something. Yeah. You know? Oh, you t- yeah. The band yeah. name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, and kind of in Braille is another one like that. Yeah, Christian from it's from Anne Berlin. It sounds Circus you, Survive. You can almost hear the band just by you know what the band sounds like just by knowing the name. Yeah, Maps and Atlases. Maps and Atlases. That was another, that one. Was another one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I forgot about them. What's funny about him is like seeing him. That's the funny thing about music, is that I heard this album. I heard like some of the songs from the album, and um, I'm like, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why we kind of have like these preconceived notions of like, he probably looks like this. Mm-hmm. And then you see him and you're like, this is the guy that's singing. And he's, it's just funny. He's like just this unassuming dude, super nice. Cause he's Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wears like these like glasses you would see like, um, like an 80 year old man wearing. Like, yeah. Like C and I glasses that are like just the old style. Just like where it's like just the lens, like yeah. wireframe. Yeah, yeah, wireframe, yeah, yeah. like the big ones. But then he has like neck tattoo, like all tatted up and like neck tattoo and stuff. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know why. It's just like a yeah. funny thing. Like, you didn't, I don't know what I expected this guy to look like, but I'm still surprised. Right. Like what he actually looks like. <laughs> um, but it was just like very cool, like um, interesting arrangements acoustic and he would do like the um head harmonic head harmonica head piece thing oh yeah yeah um and i was just i don't know why i think he was like one of one of the first people i i remember kind of seeing in that like performing in that way and i was just like thought it was interesting like, right. it like folky it. kind of yeah. yeah um he had songs in like interesting um uh topics of songs um What's some of the songs? Against the Grain was a cool one. Constant Knot, Waiting. Um, he had a song, Sleeping Stick, Sickness. I don't know if you're uh, familiar with the Tragically Hip. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Gordon Gordon Downey, this, mm-hmm. this lead singer of Tragically Hip, was like, he's uh, on the bridge or does a verse of the, the song oh, sick. Sleeping Sickness on that album. That's cool. Um, so that's pretty neat. Um, but yeah, he has like a, I can't remember what the song is, but he's talking about, oh, it's Body in a Box. He's talking about a man's biggest uh, party only happens when he dies. Damn. And it's like, you think about that, and mm. me and you both get to talking about dying. Oh, pretty. yeah. I'm well, surprised hey, it hasn't come up yet. We're only we're 50 minutes in. And, uh, but, um, but, yeah, you don't think about it. He's like, your biggest party you're not even going to be able to go to. It's like mm-hmm. people are going to say the best things about you when you're not even around to hear it. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's so interesting. And to think about it at that time, I, mean, yeah. I was like 17 when that album came out. It came out in 08. And um, I don't know, man. It's just like a 
you're not necessarily, I mean, at that time I wasn't pondering mortality too much, but it was like a thing of like it being introduced. Right. And I'm like, huh, that is kind of true. Well, and the way he performs it, you know, you kind of like, it, it takes you there, you know, like it, it, there's something about an acoustic guitar. If done right, it's meant to evoke emotion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's just three chords, it's still, you know, it, it bring it brings something out of the lyric because you're that's all you have. And yeah, that kind of lyrical content, that's pretty heavy. He did a um, pretty cool, um, that first uh, song on the record, it's called uh, Forgive Me. And um, I'm pretty sure it is that one. Yeah, that's right. He, uh, he does it as he like walks in the studio and does it like live in the room. Oh wow! Um, the guitar and him singing—that's just how he does that first. Everything, everything is well produced and mm-hmm. everything, but it was just always an interesting thing that stuck out to me that he did that. He chose to start the record off kind of like a very organic feel. Yeah, to kind of give you a vibe for for what what's about to go yeah. down. That's cool. Um, but speaking of, that's funny that. Um, Wayne's World came up earlier. He has a song called Hello, I'm in Delaware. Oh, really? <laughs> kind of like riffing nice. on that. The, the purely taking the title from that line in Wayne's World. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty funny. That's a cool album, man. We'll definitely have to throw some of those yeah, throw some songs those on that on playlist there. for sure. Um, Put that sad one on there. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> Life's all about balance. It is. It definitely is. You got to take the... <laughs> again, I think that's what Vega Records does really well is a yeah. balance of tone, balance of style. Well, yeah, we've had... I mean, that's like a pure acoustic, which Alexis on Fire also is on Vagrant, mm-hmm. which now I think about it, they may, that may have been the tie-in of how he kind of got his, right? how he got that distributed or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that, I mean, Saves the Day sounds different than Since It's Fail, sounds different than Dashboard. Yeah. You like, I mean, they're kind of tangential, but like they're different enough where you're like, this is a good variety. Yeah. Well, like that, uh, I think it was in 02, 2002, maybe 2003. There was a uh, Vagrant Records tour, and it was Alkaline Trio, Dashboard Confessional, Saves the Day, No Motive, and someone else. But it's like this bunch of bands that like, don't really sound a lot like each other, but, you know, they do. They kind of fit. It fits. They don't, you wouldn't mix them up. Yeah. But like when you hear them, like see that they're going to be together, you're like, that makes sense. That makes sense. It t- makes. Total I don't know sense. what that is, but yeah, it's totally. But I think that sampler does the same thing. Like I never skipped around on the sampler. I kind of let it play through, because a lot of it's like it's multiple songs, like two, at least two songs by bands on that album or on the uh, on the roster. So you kind of get a, a vibe for it, and it does kind of make sense in a weird way, like you know. Uh, I don't know. Did you go to church growing up? Oh, yeah. I liken it to having like church friends and school friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes. I got my Wednesday night youth group friends. Yeah. They that, don't know about my uh, they don't Monday know, through Friday. They don't life. know about Monday. There's a couple that go to my school <laughs> that at school we don't really hang out, but if, we'll, if I see them in the hall, I'll say hey. But my church friends, <laughs> close. <laughs> Brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. Amen. But. <laughs> But it's a different thing. But sometimes the the two can overlap. Right. You know? That is true. Sometimes it can happen. Keeping those separate. I got to keep my life separated. You do. People do that. They'll, like, not mix friend groups. And I'm like... Dude. I've never been like that just because, like, I'm... 
Well, you seem like the kind of guy, like, in high school, you had, you were friends with, like, skater kids, weird kids, yeah. preppy kids, Christian kids, like, whatever, man. I was kind of all over the 4-H place. 4-H kids. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah. Just, like, laid back. If you're cool, like, I'm like... As long as you're not a dick. Yeah, if you're not I, a dick. I was kind of like that in high school. So I, was, I was in choir, so I had my choir at, choir friends. Oh, and yeah. then, like, there you go. my skate skateboarding friends, my punk rock friends, and then, yeah, the, the weird kids. Like... Cause you can't, you don't go, you don't have classes with your friends, so you make friends with whoever's in yeah, that the most proximal people. Yeah, I'm in here for an hour and twenty <laughs> minutes with you. Uh, you seem cool enough. You'll be my lab partner, or whatever. You know, you have like these yeah. different things, but they they fit. They they can all you could you could throw a party. And for like, when you die, you'd be cool. Yeah, there yeah, you go. and they're all there, and like they can all be like, hey, this is the thing that brings you together, <laughs> and they'd have something to talk about. I would say, I've talked to Luke about familiar strangers mm-hmm. because like there'd be people that I would see like if you go to college or like if you're in college or something you're walking mm-hmm. between classes you walk to the same classes every day yep and so another person walking to another class the other way is walking that same class every that same mm-hmm. time and you don't even like and so say I'd be that. like where's red backpack guy today I always <laughs> see him walking the <laughs> I wonder if he's sick <laughs> what happened but isn't, I hope that, he's okay that's always interesting to me you're like. Yeah. I Dude, don't know them, but I just call it familiar strangers. It's, it's it happens in the I don't use the word scene because it sounds so cheesy, but you know you go to a you go to a bunch of shows, especially back in the day around here. Like, you go to that guy at this other. You show. go to the Green Door and you see the same people all the time, yeah. and you don't talk to them, you don't say hi, but you're familiar with them, and then eventually you learn their name, but you never go say hi. You know, and then it's like an and then you'll thing, yeah, and then like years down the road, you're running to like a party or whatever. And like you know, you're they're standing in front of the fridge. Like, oh, I'm gonna get beer out of the fridge. I'm Josh, by the way. I've known you for yeah. 15 years. How about we say hi to one another? Because it's fucking dumb that we don't. <laughs> it is one know? of those. I've had friends where I'm like, I realized that we never like. It was like we weren't friends, and then we were friends, mm-hmm. but there was never like a formal meeting. It was just like all of a sudden they were in my life, and I yeah, was like, okay. Yeah, it's like, but th- that's how it is. Like, th- think about the first best friend you had. That's how it worked. It was never like, huh? It's like you didn't have like a, 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 a an interview with them. Like, sit, <laughs> yeah. sit down. Uh, wh- Tell me, me uh, about yourself. What are your What are your thoughts on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> right. I see. I see. You're, you're a, a Don- kid my age. You're that's a Donatello fan. Well, okay, <laughs> I'm a Raphael guy. But we can make it work. What's your view? Uh, shells and cheese or regular Mac? <laughs> you don't do that. It's it's uh it's it, whoever you're around, you kind of yeah. just naturally gravitate towards each Indeed. other. Indeed, I, I, I my first best friend. <laughs> I still run into him from time to time, and every time I see him, I'm like, how? How did we ever become friends? Oh, we were just just at one time we were, and that was it. And you're just inseparable. It's so weird. It is interesting. Yeah, I have a friend like that. His name's Taj. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always kind of made a joke that I adopt introverts because mm-hmm. I'm very much an extrovert. And there was a lot of time. There was like a stretch of time where it was like I was pretty shy and like people wouldn't talk to me. and be kind of bummed. Like mm-hmm. I'd be wanting to be involved. So then after that, like I kind of came out of my shell. And after that, I was like really bummed if someone was being left out. Right. So I would want to like, hey, man, what's up? Like, yeah, include them. Because you've been there. And, I feel the same and way. so. I met him. We he was he was a groomsman in my wedding. Damn. And we were talking like we met in high school and everything. And one day we were just talking. He was like, "I don't even really remember how we like became friends." 
But I was like, I think I'm sure I imposed myself on you. Like, yeah. hey, man, you're cool. Come hang out. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Like, <laughs> well, I think that ties into to music too. Like, I don't know how I got into a lot of this stuff. It just kind of. Ha- like you said, there. like some yeah. friend was listening to it in a car and you're like, what is this? This sounds really cool. And then all of a sudden it's your favorite fucking band. And you're right. like, well, great. Now this is my life, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to drop $50 to go see him in concert. You know, like that kind of stuff. Like, exactly. It's just, and you never know. But it's, it's always, I find a good thing. You know, you find something, if, as long as it's positive and it sticks with you forever, why not just keep it? For sure. You know, people... I don't. I don't listen to that anymore. I don't do that anymore. Like, well, was it a bad thing? Yeah. Why was is there pop- a purpose? Yeah. Just keep. It's old, dude. You're gonna die someday. So, just enjoy it. That's enjoy, what I always Enjoy say. the things you can enjoy until the you can. The sun's gonna blow up one day. Yeah. So Robbie and I ride to work a lot together, and he plays this country song called "If Until You Can't." And uh, man, have you heard that song? Uh-uh. If you got a dream, change it. It's dude. It's the cheesiest song, but man. <laughs> He showed it to me, and like we're trying to work, and I'm like literally like, like wiping the tears. I'm like, let me clear my throat real man, quick. Fuck, man, that's deep. That's deep. <laughs> Basically, just saying, man, we're all we're not long for this world. If there's something you want, there's something you love, hold on to it. Don't let go of it. Enjoy things while you can. You know. I'm gonna go to my next no, it's pick. True. <laughs> it's true. As I say, yeah. What do you got next? Well, you you brought them up uh, and kind of in passing, but Dashboard Confessionals, places you come to fear the most. Yep, that's and right. I said confessionals, meaning that <laughs> album, not it's Dashboard Confessional, but their record, places you come to fear yeah. the most. Holy shit! Yep, that was the f- I had that at the top of my list, but I was I'm gonna let well, are, that's Josh's guy. I'm well, gonna let him you bring just, it up. You brought up City in Color, which is acoustic-y, and this is kind of fits with that. But it's man, it was. When that record came out, my mind was blown because I couldn't figure out how he was playing those songs. The tunings, he was the first person I really remember yeah. being like, his guitar sounds funny. Like, yeah. I don't understand doing? how he's playing that. Doing all of that stuff? Like, oh, it's basically open D tuning. Cool. And then so I tuned my guitar like that, like, oh, this is so dope. And like trying to write, but then I realized I can't write songs like this. <laughs> they're gonna know they're gonna know i'm stealing <laughs> right. you know what i mean like why does that sound like dashboard oh because it's he's basically playing dashboard song pilfered the damn yeah, tuning. like all right i gotta <laughs> i gotta figure out another way to do this <laughs> but yeah like i didn't know I, at that point i didn't realize he was from further seems forever all i knew is that these songs were really beautiful and uh fucking emotional like the way he could like sing and then kind of scream i was like well, shit the- the imagery too. Yes. And the personification he would do. Yeah. I'm trying so, to remember there was like a specific thing where you're talking about like this this um this apartment's exhausted or something like that. This he apartment is starving about, for an argument. Anything at all to break the silence. Dude, there's so many You're like, holy shit. Dude. His his lyrical genius, and I'm gonna say that wholeheartedly. It changed the way I looked at songs. Like I started judging other artists based on their lyrical content, or at least the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the substance. The substance. Like, what are you? What are you? What are you trying to say here? Yeah. What's the? Or is there metaphor? Like, it's a uh, man. It, no, he's great about that. Really great. He really about is that. like about painting a picture, or yeah, and, and pulling putting, at an emotion. Yes, and putting you there, like yeah. making it feel 
like it's you. Like I love that. That's yeah. what I love about me. When you, I say it all the time, but it's like the thing of a thing that you have felt for a long time, and mm-hmm. then they they verbalize it perfectly. Like, Fuck, like I. That's exactly the yeah. thing that I think, but I've never been able to articulate it. Yeah. Dude, yeah, so many of those songs. I, I remember listening to that record and kind of getting teared up, but also like getting, like feeling it, like singing along to like, yeah, you're <laughs> you're preaching it. You're saying exactly what's going on in my heart right now. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call her. I'm calling her right now. Yeah. Uh, but like not yeah not being able not knowing how to articulate these thoughts and feelings. And I don't know how the fuck he did it, but he did it so perfectly with that record of like. Not only vocally and lyrically, but musically, how he tuned his guitar, how he intricately played these like little guitar parts that kind of tugged at your heartstrings a little bit and kind of took you on a journey. But then he had a band that just fucking ripped. Yeah. That drummer, holy shit. That dude slayed. All those songs are on Swiss Army Romance, the EP technically. but And they're, they're, it's a different vibe because it's just acoustic. Mm-hmm. But you add those drums to it. No, it changes the feel. Changes the whole damn thing. Yeah. The when they did that um, MTV Unplugged, the iconic uh, American flag, dude. Yeah, the American flag wristband, uh, wristband, the blue polo shirt, and I, I, I watch it and I go, all right, I'm cutting my hair like that. I'm gonna grow my sideburns. <laughs> this up. is my identity is, right I'm here. This, he looks so fucking cool. I'm doing this. Command C, Command V. I gotta find a jumbo acoustic. I got it. That was a big bitch guitar, wasn't it? It was huge. And I got was that one. A Gibson? I, yeah, his was a Gibson. I've the I have the Epiphone version of it. Uh love it. I need to do I want to do a dashboard show real bad. But oh fuck. Yeah, I, for I, sure. I, I don't know if I can pull it off. I want I would love to be able to do it, but I'd want to do full band. I'd have to have the right guys. I mean Chris Van Dyne clearly is the uh, guy to get on the drums. <laughs> there you go. He's he's the guy. Like go to He's the best drummer in the world. In, um, in my eyes. But yeah, that 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 uh, that unplugged man. Like, I remember being stoked to see it, and I'm like, okay, this is cool. And I videotaped it, like, or tried to tape it off the thing. Couldn't enjoy any of the songs because, like, the crowd singing along to every single song, which sucked f- for the listener, but deeply emotional as like a viewer to like, because you get to see what the song's doing for people. In the moment, you're like, "Oh shit, you're feeling that the way that I feel." Yeah, when I listen to it, yeah, and there's like people crying and stuff, and I'm like, "Damn, man, that shit's that's deep." That's <laughs> I've deep. I've talked to people about this the last two times we've gone to shows at the Criterion have been with the same kind of group of people, mm-hmm. and every time it's like we're walking in, it blows my mind that they get to do that as a job, and it has to be such an an insane experience for yeah. them that they're like. Wow, all these people came here because I wrote these songs in my bedroom. Yeah. And like, and they're singing crazy. along to them so loud that I can hear them over the PA. Like that's that's gotta be insane as like a yeah. musician for sure. It's gotta be nuts. People are like stop singing and like people are just you're like, okay, well you take it. You <laughs> take over. You take over, man. He does the song structure is a little odd too. Or mm-hmm. not but just different. I mean you think like screaming infidelities, it's mm-hmm. like the chorus is like the outro, I guess. Yeah, so it's that like was first. Like, that was the single, <laughs> and that song got remixed so much. It was on everything. It yeah. was on this like weird MTV Two sample. I was just talking to someone. It was like a a made for TV MTV movie. Yeah. that Aaron Paul was in from yes. Breaking Bad. Yeah, he's in the he's in the music video for it. Mm-hmm. And they 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 
re-edited and made it kind of not dancey, but they put some weird beat over it, and it's kind of weird. But they did that a lot. But it's a, it was a single, and I get why because it's probably the most structured song. Yeah, like uh, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, whatever. But you don't hear the chorus until the end of the song. Yeah, that's what it was like. It's just build up. It's that like song is the, all build up. Yeah, you get to the end of the song and you're like, oh shit, we forgot to do the chorus. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. I got, hold on, I got, I got it. Your hair is everywhere. That's fine. What's it, what am I screaming of? Yeah, well, I'll just, I'll just say that. It's fine. But that's a, that's a great one. I mean, this, this bottled beast is taking me home. Yeah. Oh, damn. Good. You, I mean, even your hair is everywhere. Like, as a sing-along? Come oh, on, I mean, dude. that's iconic. When he played it, he played it when we saw when mm -hmm. he was playing with Jimmy. And it was yeah. just like, I mean, everybody's belting. Well, by that, by the time that last one where it's just like, Stops like your hair, like yeah. That's like, the best part it. of the whole fucking it, dude, song, it, boy. He, he knows how to build it up, but there's so many of those on that record, like uh, Saints and Sailors. I mean, is that on that yes. one? Yes, Best Deceptions. I mean, opening with the and the way the album is structured, like it's perfect. It starts soft, brings you into it, builds it up, and then takes it back out. Like this bitter pill is like the best outro for that record. Just like a you know, the whole album's talking about a relationship. And it like going on the rocks, and whatever, and this bitter pill is like, well, that's it. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do we do? What that's, can I do? Huh? That's it. That's. I guess I'll try to move on, but I don't know if I can. But we'll try. Well, it always feels like that at the time, though, doesn't it? It's like the end of the world. Yeah. So. Yeah, and until you move on to the next thing, which it seems I remember, dude, being young and like in love. And the breakup felt like the worst thing ever. Well, yeah, at like, that time, like when you're that age, everything is the end of the world for sure. Yeah, and not, and you don't have that frame of reference, like, dude, it's gonna be. I don't know how many times, like, my dad or as an, an older friend, an older church friend, would be like, it's gonna be, you're gonna be all right. You're all right, bro. You understand, man? We were in love. Like, I, yeah, I know <laughs> you were, dude. It's and there's there's more like, people, but not her, man. You guys went on like three icy dates. Yeah, <laughs> I get, but I touched her boob, man. <laughs> oh, you touched her boob. I didn't realize. I Sorry, didn't realize you guys had gotten to that point. <laughs> well, here, take some cyanide. See you later. <laughs> it's over now, and you touched her boob. Yeah, it does feel like that at the time, though. You're like, yeah, yeah the world's ending, and that the, his, I was thinking of the Simpsons worst worst day of your life so far. So far, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that album perfectly personifies what it feels like. To have your heart destroyed. And if you haven't heard it, are you living under a rock? A, B, go yeah, listen to that shit right now. It's so good. Okay, what do we got? That was, okay, so we had crossover on that one. So my last one mm -hmm. is the most out of left field for sure. Okay. Um, but I actually didn't know that this album was on um, Vagrant. But it was uh, the 1975. That was on their, the Vagrant? Their debut album. Was on I Vagrant did not know that. In, uh, was it 2012? I'll look it up real quick. But yeah, I was shook whenever I was like, you know, because when we were talking about it, I was like trying to figure out what albums I wanted to talk about. So I was mm -hmm. like, well, let me just go to Wikipedia or whatever. And um, I was like looking through like the artists that are on the album or on the label. And, uh, yeah, 2013 is whenever it dropped, September yeah. 2013. And um, I saw the 1975 on there, and I was like, holy shit. Like, Vagrant's, like, out of left field with this I one. I did not know. Was that, like, label label or distribution? Uh, 
I believe it was like that thing of because they're okay. they're British. Okay. And so I think it was like the American distribution. I mean, that's type of cool thing. though. But that's... they're on here on the Interscope and Crazy. Vagrant both. Huh. But that is like you talked earlier about like that Britpop feel. Yeah. I mean, that's textbook Britpop. Just yeah. like in excess, but today times. Right. Is what they sound like. The real trebly, um, uh, real like uh, I'm trying to think of like the the word for the uh, drum sound. That's like a condensed. Yeah, very, very, uh, 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 like, like nineteen sixties kind of drums vibe, like a, a squishy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not boomy, but like, yeah, more treble than bass. Yeah, more treble than bass for yeah. sure. A lot of mids. Um, I I never got into that band, but when that album came out, I had a coworker who that was like his favorite shit. He's like, you gotta listen to nineteen sixties. It's fun. Dude. It's like fun, like. Just pop, yeah. It has great sen- pop sensibilities. Um, it cool feels guitar a little sexy work. too. Some yeah, seems a little sexy. That's like their whole vibe for yeah. sure. Um, they had a song called "Sex" on the album. Well, there uh, you go. Chocolate uh, Girls was the other one. Um, that was like probably the big single. Was that song "Girls"? Um, but yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it's a long album too. Sixteen tracks. Yeah, I mean that's a mammoth of an album that's a hefty album I'm yeah. like, jesus now yeah um but yeah i just remember thinking like wow it's kind of that what we've been talking about like i don't think that sounds like anyone else on that label but like they don't not fit with those people like, right <laughs> well especially how most of those bands sound now like i could totally see 1975 and saves the day doing like a tour together you know just because their sounds kind, they're not. They don't intertwine, but they're close enough that someone in the crowd's gonna like There's, something by each band. Yeah, you know? that's an interesting thing to me. Is that whenever a band tours, like when bands tour together, it's funny the Venn diagram crossover of like, oh yeah, wow, I like both those bands. Yeah, um, a lot of times you don't get that though, and it's like, what the fuck are that's these what guys I was doing? Say together? is that I'll go and like not know the opener maybe, mm-hmm. and then. Either they'll win me over, or I'll be like they're forgettable. Yeah, um, but I've been won over by openers before. Biffy Clyro opened for the Foo Fighters when I went mm-hmm. and saw the Foo Fighters. It's a band from Scotland, um, and these guys fucking. Re- oh my god, they're a trio. There I you bet go. you would like them. I don't know if you probably. Know, I don't no, know send send you know them away. I haven't heard them. I bet you'll like them. They're a trio. All um, right, but More yeah, that was one. Them. And then uh, actually, local natives is coming to play the Jones. I saw them open for Kingsley on at the BOK, and I was like, these guys fucking. Rock. Like, it, who are these guys? I, a lot of the time, I I don't watch the opener, but if I've got nothing else to do, like say I'm in Dallas, I go to a show in Dallas for it or whatever, and I'm down there, I'll I'll pop in and check it out. If it sucks, like you always leave and come back. Yeah, but you never know, man. Like nine times out of ten, I've been kind of blown away by the openers and been like, who the hell are these yeah. guys? Like, uh, I when, need to know them. Yeah, I was in L.A. Uh, about a month ago and uh, seeing MXPX, and then. The oh, next yeah. the next night I was gonna fly to their next show in Phoenix, but I saw that Nerf Herder was playing at the uh, infamous Viper Room. I was like, "Well, I gotta go see that." Didn't know who any of the openers were, and I get there and it's like it's Army of Freshmen. I'm like, "Fuck, I haven't heard Army of Freshmen forever." And they had this other opener that I wasn't gonna go see. I was like, "I'll just come see the last two right. But I get there, and when I, you ever do that where you try to map out the time? Like, yeah. all right. <laughs> if so they start at this time. Yeah, start at this time, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to miss that opener. Yeah. And I get there, and, like, no one is starting. I'm like, fuck. All right. Well, hope this opener doesn't 
suck. And they were great. I totally forgot the name of the band, but I bought all of their merch. I bought a shirt. I bought stickers. Hey, I bought a tape. I bought like, like some supporting them. There you go. And they were running their own booth. It's like, man, you guys totally won me over. And the bass player was like, thanks, man. Like that was just, you guys seem like you're having a great time. And usually that's a, that's a, that's a kind of a backhanded compliment yeah. to a band. Like you guys are looking, you, you guys are fun just going there. for it, aren't you? Going for, going for it up there. <laughs> what about the songs though? No, no, no. You were having fun. You're definitely having you fun. You played the hell out you of them. You played the hell out of that bass. <laughs> But it was it was it was cool and it was fun and that was one of those like you know maybe, maybe I should start sticking around a little. I'm always scared too that yeah. I'm gonna be like, it's gonna be some like massive person in like a year and I'm like fuck oh, I could have saw him. Dude, that's uh, never uh, happened to me, but I'm always like scared that it might. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite, but they're not a band anymore. One time, my wife and I went to go see No Effects and the opener, the first opener, it was like uh, Bouncing Souls, No Effects, and this band called Old Man Markley. And we get there and we catch this opener, Old Man Markley, and we're fucking floored. We're like, this band fucking rules. We bought their CD, listened to it all the whole way home. They became our favorite band. Uh, our One of our songs together is an Old Man Markley song. Oh, wow. Uh, all because we were, happened to be there at the opener and right. found this thing. It kind of was like, holy shit, this is That's dope. That's so cool. They're not a band anymore, but good, good stuff. Well, you still got something cool out of it. Like, got something Something cool that you wouldn't have known. So much so that they came and played here uh a few months after that show and so i went it was at the i guess what would, would have been the bricktown live and oh I was, yeah, yeah i was the only person at the venue so they played a set for me and then an, a couple walked in and they watched it so me and this couple and they just played in their entire set wow and then i met them after the show and kind of became friends with them and i was like hey man sorry sorry no one came out that sucks That's super crunchy you guys ripped though yeah it, but you guys really went for it now. Yeah, man, you guys, you guys are having a real good time up there. Yeah. That's good. You guys keep, you might, you, you got something going. You got I don't know what going. it is, but you got it. Yeah, but they're, they're a band that was on Fat Records. <laughs> Fat Records is a label that has, it used to be just this genre of punk rock, and then it kind of branched out, and it's kind of got a little bit of everything. And, uh, yeah. There was there. a, the, there was a girl, I can't remember her name. I followed her on TikTok because she was doing like a, I'm on tour with Dashboard and uh, Jimmy World. Oh, wow. And she was just, like, super stoked. I think she's from Tempe, so, like, she knows the Jimmy guys, mm -hmm. I'm sure. But um, that was one where I got there early. Luke went to that one, too. And so we'd gone to that one together. And um, I was like, she's pretty – she's got a rip in it. And then she ended up doing a cover of um, Everything is All Right by Motion City. Oh, wow. And I was like – this is fucking tight. Like I've never really seen anybody do a cover. And I knew him. I like, as soon as the drums, I was like, Oh, this yeah, is do, do, motion do, 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 city. Yeah. Yeah. That's Talk cool. about an iconic drum intro. Oh dude. A lot of their stuff is the drums kind of make it, you know, I mean, but also the weedle, weedle, weedle. It's all about the, it's all about the synth whittles, <laughs> you know, Pierre. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm man. glad they're, they're back together again. Yeah. Right. I knew that breakup wasn't going to last. They, um, they were doing a tour for like the anniversary of, um, commit this to memory mm -hmm. and it got rescheduled to a time where I couldn't go. I'd gotten tickets. I was going to go with Ryan mm -hmm. to uh, see him in Dallas and it got rescheduled to where I couldn't see them like on that date. And I was like, fuck. But, um, yeah, they're on tour still and like still crushing it. I'm sure. Damn. He does so solo stuff too, though. Yeah. Um, gotta make that dollar. You know? I'm saying, right. Did you have any other ones that you were, uh, I, I had some honorable mentions. All right, go ahead. Speak uh, to him. Well, I also had Get Up Kids, I'm Drawing Home About on my list, but that's obvious. It's obvious. Get Up Kids. It's, yeah. pro it's probably the most iconic album from 
from that band. Uh, we don't have to say any more about it. It is something to write home about, though. <laughs> Uh, honorable mentions Hot Rod Circuit, Sorry About Tomorrow, O2, The Pharmacist, the single. Great song. Uh, they did not get the credit they deserved. Hot Rod Circuit's one that I think of you when I hear them. Mm-hmm. And then you're probably going to mention Hot Water Music. No. Were they not on Vagrant? I Maybe they, I don't think they oh, were. Okay. I'm not sure. But they, they are on, uh, well. Underrated. They, yeah. The Anniversary, Designing a Nervous Breakdown. Heavy on the Whittle Whittles. They're from Kansas? They're from Lawrence, Kansas, yeah. Uh, and uh, Local Boy Does Good uh, plays in their band. Um, God damn it, my brain stopped working. He is in uh, my so-called band. Oh, I don't I don't know. Ricky Salthouse. Ricky Salthouse plays guitar for the, the anniversary. anniversary? Yeah. That's neat. Yeah, we went to see Anniversary to Direct Reunion show in Lawrence. A couple of years ago, me and Robbie went up to go check it out. And we look on stage and like, Fucking Ricky Salthouse <laughs> that we know. That's weird. Uh, oh no, I'm thinking of um, Doghouse. They're on Doghouse. Doghouse, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the anniversary of nerves breakdown. If you're into synth heavy emo pop punk, check that shit out. That album is so fucking good. And then Hey Mercedes loses control. Hey Mercedes is a band not a lot of people talk about, and they need to. They really need to. Hey Mercedes is. They're tight. Were they from Chicago? Was that They're right? Chica- Chicago land area yeah. formed out of the band Braid, which is was also great. But I, I liken the Braid Hey Mercedes thing to like at the drive-in to like Sparta. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's the same thing, is but that his name? yeah, it's a but it's it's like it's mid, better Midtown and what was the other band? Cobra Starship. Oh yeah, he did do that, didn't he? Yeah. Oh boy, I forgot about that. But it's different, but it's the same person, but it's different. It's like, the same, yeah. I mean, we braid based, well, <laughs> Hey Mercedes is braid with just a different, the rhythm guitar players, they got a different guy. Right. Almost like that, um, hey guys, uh, I think I'm going to quit the band. Yeah, it's cool, I man. We're, we're going to break up anyway. <laughs> That's right. Hey, so we're going to get somebody else, Ooh. right? And we'll, we'll call it something else. Man, fuck that guy. We'll call it something else, <laughs> and it'll be poppier and kind of better, but, you know, in, in my humble opinion. But yeah, loses control. There's so many. When when I was going through the list of all these, there's too many fucking great bands and albums to just whittle it down to like four or five. But those are the my my tops. Yeah, for sure. And I might I might say that Dashboard Confessionals, places you come to fear the most, for me is the quintessential album, the Vagrant album for for me for in my opinion. Fair. Just because of what I feel that label is. To me, emo, it's a Midwest emo punk label, you know? And you could put whatever you want to put into those various, you know, emo punk, and then the subsidiaries from there, you know? (laughs) All the branches. All the branches, the family tree of that, so. I was just looking at the 1975. Mm -hmm. Find their shit. And, um... I thought that it said emo on there, but it didn't. Um, but yeah, like indie pop, indie rock, like they kind of, it's cool because they have like, like we were mentioning earlier, they kind of have like different styles, but that are different, but like they still somehow work. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. like the thing that I, I'm not able to like put my finger on that I'm like, I don't know why when I saw that they were in, on Vagrant, 
that it didn't surprise me that much. Yeah. And they sound nothing like anybody else on Vagrant. Right. So but I'm there's a like, part of it that makes sense. When I first heard them, when that coworker showed them to me, I was I was trying not to be old man skeptical about it, <laughs> and and keeping open your mind to new things. Josh, kids can kids can play music too. So I'm listening to it, and I'm like I'm finding things about it that I like. I don't necessarily like the whole package, right? But there's parts of it I can grab, and I, I do that a lot with music. I'm like, like oh, oh, that, that drum fill, right that there. drum, that drum beat super tight. Yeah. I can tell that guy's into this kind of music or whatever, or that bass player is definitely into this because that bass fill or that bass run was sick. Yeah. So then I'll find him, and you can piece it like, oh, okay, I get what this band is. It's like four dudes who kind of like the same thing enough that they can play together, but they all have these different influences yeah. that merge together and make this in unique thing. Yeah, it's true. You know? I do I do I do love those like sensibilities where you're like, oh okay, that guy probably likes Joy Division. Mm-hmm. And then you hear like a guitar part and you're like, oh they definitely uh, like NXS. Like mm-hmm. that's the kind of shit that I'm like this is cool that it's like a modern thing, but like you can see that mm-hmm. they're ha- they have like a similar tone or like phrasing that you're like, oh shit, that reminds me of blah blah. Yeah. I love that Dude, kind of thing. I'm I'm very excited to see where music goes, you know, ten years from now. Like because those, I mean, those are bands from the '80s. So it's like, if if a band ten years ago is inspired by a band thirty years before that, what what are we going to get ten years from now from people who are inspired by something from the late '90s? You know what I mean? Right. Like, it could be, I don't know. It it could turn out really bad. Or I'm hoping people pick up instruments again and get off of just making like, like beats and stuff, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's but there, there's something about. Again, with Dashboard or any of these bands, really, there's something with playing an instrument physically and emoting with it that gives songs life and feeling. I I write and record music, and I record most of my stuff just through a computer. I play guitar, but I'll I'll program drums because I don't want to wake neighbors and stuff up. And it sounds close enough to... A song but there's you can tell there's something not there yeah you know it's too perfect there's no yeah you need you need a little bit of flaw speaking of that so foo fighters i've been so r.i.p taylor hawkins i'm sure you've already done this on an episode yes since uh bummer big big bummer he was so good but ever since then i've been like rabbit holing foo fighters interviews from back in the day like from like the beginning up to current and like going back and re-listening to some of their records, because they're a band that I loved. I dude, the first three records to me, perfect. <laughs> and then after that, I'm like, yeah, it kind of tapers off. Got a little dad. like a single here and there. You're like, yeah, that's alright. Yeah, it got a little dad rock for me. But I'll, I've gone back and re-listened to them. I'm like, okay, I, I get what they were going for. I get it. But uh, there's one album in particular that I never gave a shot to. And after hearing interviews of them around that time when they were promoting it, I didn't know about this. Like they recorded it all the tape, uh, recorded it in his garage, and to give it like that raw feel because like everything's too perfect. They saying they said that like things shouldn't sound perfect. You should yeah. hear flaws. You should hear they fuck want ups. rock and roll like yeah. And I remember hearing something about that back in the day, but then to hear them like talk about it raw, being like it sucked. It was hard. It sucked. But we got something beautiful out of it because, because we had to nail it in one take. You're getting, you're 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 
you get to hear the actual musicians playing. You get to hear them. You know, you can hear a a pick scrape fuck up somewhere or like a stick dropping or something. You, know, you can hear these like things that are raw that they I, are real. I that are real that I hope can come back in music. And it may there's probably a hundred bands out there right now doing that that record all their shit to tape. And uh yeah. Well yeah, he has that board from like Sound City. From or Sound City, yeah. It's like he like bought it whenever they were going under or something. Which is cool. That's pretty sick. It's a historic board. It's it's a hunk. I wouldn't say a hunk of junk. I'm sure he had to do a lot of work to it to, oh, yeah. to get it back in shape. What do you think they're gonna do? You think they're gonna be done? Think they're done? I man, I really don't know. Yeah. What did Nirvana do? Well Well, but I mean it's the lead singer, I guess it's different. Well, Dave Grohl took his songs and made Foo Fighters. They didn't do any he went, more tours, did they? After? No. He, Dave Grohl went from being in the biggest band in the world to creating what would be the biggest band in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, we're talking about the guy had talent because he went from one thing to another thing. Yeah. Like, it's insane. Like, yeah, you can't say it was like a, well, you know, you, you lucked out. Like, no, uh, he's, he's a legit good musician. Yeah. So he took that and made this other thing huge and if you go listen to that first record it's it's a demo tape so it's pretty raw i like it and then it ever long and boom they're now the yeah. biggest fucking band in the world how to have that happen not only twice but back to back like that that's so wild to me it is pretty uh interesting too and like i've been seeing funny things of like wow dave Grohl looks like that drummer for nirvana like <laughs> yeah people not knowing yeah um one thing that made me laugh was um uh, a lady I know um, said that her daughter, her daughter I think is 12 or 13. She's the same age as my nephew. but So yeah, 12 or 13. And she asked the lady I know to if she could borrow her Nirvana shirt. And um, she was like, out. she's pretty cool. Like she's like not trying to be gatekeeper-y or mm -hmm. anything, but uh, like she's just like genuinely curious. I think she was like, you know songs by Nirvana? Like, what songs do they do? Or, like, who Right. Who are these people? Do you know if that it's a band or not a shirt? Like yeah. Like, a clothing line? And um, the thing that got me was that she was like, I felt as a parent. She was like, she thought, her daughter thought that Owen Wilson and uh, and um, Kurt Cobain were the same guy. Oh, boy. I was like, holy shit. Uh, yeah, you got She was like, he was the dad in blah, blah, right? And she's like, no. No. You got to teach him. You got to teach him. I failed as a parent. It made me laugh, though. I was That's like, hilarious. Just imagine <laughs> Nirvana. Wow. Wow. It smells like Teen Spirit. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. That was rad. Um, definitely, guys, be sure to check out. We're going to put together a playlist to go along with this episode. I'm, I'm so inspired by the songs playlist. we talked yeah. about. Yeah, it'll be fun for sure. Um, so be sure to check that out along with this episode. Josh. Uh, you got stuff going on, Champion Vintage, all that kind of stuff. Tell people where they can keep up with everything you got yeah. going on. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I have a vintage shop called Champion Vintage. Champion underscore vintage underscore OKC on Instagram. Check that out. We have a podcast that's kind of on hiatus because we've been so busy with all this other stuff, but it's Mixtapes and Heartbreaks. You can find us anywhere you find your podcast. I actually have a show to plug. Shut up, Matt Jewett. We haven't played a show in four years. So we're doing a show May 26th. So if you're hearing this before then... Thursday, May 26th at the 51st Street Speakeasy. It's a free show. Come out, have a beverage, watch us play terribly. Do your thing, boy. Do our thing. It's been a long time. I'm excited about it. it, it when he, when Matt asked me, I was like, sure. Uh, cool. Sounds great. <laughs> I 
like riding a bike, you know. Is it like some J stuff? Yeah, we're doing some some old some J stuff, and he's got some new songs that we're gonna power through. Very cool. Yeah, be a good time. Well, yeah, Matt Jewett, uh, great friend of the show. You guys be sure to check that show out for sure. This will be out before that, so we'll we'll definitely have to share that uh, show um, info about that for sure. Um, well, and as always, guys, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Bye.